and welcome to the latest Indie Sports Loft member series where we sit down and have a quick check-in uh, with some of the members from Sports Loft. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined today uh, by Nick Pinks, who's the founder of the latest Sport Loft member, uh, Kovatic, um, who's got some really interesting uh, tech to take into the marketplace. And, and we're looking forward to catching up and, and seeing how Nick's doing. So, Nick, welcome. Hi, thank you very much. Good stuff. You want to give us a, a quick top-line elevator pitch as to, as to what it is that you guys do? So we started about three years ago, and we started with the uh, challenge of how are broadcasters in the future going to be able to engage on a personal level with their audiences when they've got a really limited understanding of who their audiences actually are, and their competition have so much information that's provided by the social networks and devices such as uh, such a competition like Apple or Google. And so we came up with a hypothesis that if we could understand the physical context of, a, of an audience member, of a user, what are they actually doing? Do they commute? Do they stay at home? Uh, what is their pattern of life? When have they got a window of time to watch and listen to the content, fill, uh, get their content into those spaces? Um, and so fast forward three years, uh, obviously the world has changed massively, um, uh, but we, we've deployed our, our software. We, we've developed a, a whole host of tools but fundamental to everything we do, it's all around understanding the context. What are your users actually doing? And doing it in a really private by design way. So it's GDPR compliant and it's easy to deploy so that you're not having to actually know who Nick Pinks is and what Nick does. Uh, but there is a, a, a audience member that um, really enjoys uh, watching some golf and uh, has got 45 minutes in the morning. So let's, let's, let's get that over to him when he can. Make, makes perfect sense. So how did you, uh, I guess, land on the idea that, that that was something that A, you could do and, and, and B, that, that there was a market for? We spent a lot of time looking at content and trying to understand what's the mood of content, who's in the content. And that's great. And that's really, really important. That's, that's fantastic. But if you don't know who your audience is, like how do I know if you're going to like that team or you're going to like that player or you're going to uh, you've got time to watch this, or you've got connectivity to watch this, or you prefer to listen to something rather than read something. And if I could get that degree of information about, about my audience members and relate it to the info I've already got about my sport, my content, my brand, I can have the ultimate direct-to-consumer proposition because I can get the right bit of content in front of the right person at the right time in the right format. Really good idea. It was a really nice idea, I think. But then to actually do it in practice has been quite challenged because you can't just obviously harvest everybody's data. You can't harvest who they are because, you know, there's a, uh, a very valid GDPR and very important uh, privacy angle to look at here. So we, we use their phones to process that and to learn about the person on their device to say, OK, this person, because they've left home, because connectivity like this, they've got this time. And, and prompt this person. So now's the best time to give a notification. Don't give it at five o'clock in the morning because Nick's sleeping. But at 10 past seven, he's leaving the house. So now's a great time to say, have you listened to what happened last night? Um, and so for us, it's been about marrying that uh, challenge or that, that requirement for a broadcaster, a sports uh, programmer to uh, get their right content, get their content to the right time, the right person. So obviously you mentioned that, um, that this kind of started off as, a, as an offering to broadcasters, but, but obviously one of the, the rationales is why you're part of sports soft movements is obviously you've identified sport as a target. Um, so would, you know, what specifically was it about sport that said, hang on, we've got something that, that sport really needs right now? I think above all else, it, it's, 
goes back to your added contents king. Uh, sport is awesome. Um, well, depending on what the genre or type is, but people love consuming sport. It's got a great story behind it. You know, you're not just got the, the 90 minutes on pitch, you've got the players involved, you've got all the emotions about it. It's a very social uh, piece, a very social story. Um, and so because they've got such great content and the market has shifted so dynamically, it's not a broadcaster's game anymore. It's not just dependent on when the major broadcasters are broadcasting it. It's, it's open to all and internet consumption, internet TV and, and, and direct to consumer is such a big thing and growing and rightly so. You know, um, I mentioned I like golf, I, I like tennis, you know, these are not necessarily the prime spot uh, on, uh, you know, the news each day. But actually, if you're a brand, if you're a sports owner, you're trying to get your content out to people who enjoy that content and want to want to consume it because your uh, monetization is based upon either advertising or subscription. You need those audiences to be really, really engaged. Uh, it's a fantastic um, application of, of our software because it is all about driving engagement. So obviously we're in a strange time right now. Uh, the virus has kicked in and continues to kick in. Uh, everybody's having to adapt their working practices. Give us a little bit of an insight as to how it has uh, impacted you and your business and, and, and anything, if anything, that you've had to change, um, you know, in terms of this kind of working from home philosophy. Absolutely. I think it's impacted us in two ways. I think, you know, on a, on a very practical level, um, I'm, I'm very proud of my team. I've got a fantastic team of engineers and uh, we're not the largest group of people, but uh, we're very closely knit. And I was very concerned at the start about the whole, well, let's all work from home. I mean, technically that's easy with software developers or engineers, that's not hard to do. But from a social interaction point of view and a collaboration place, how's that gonna work and is it gonna work? Are we gonna do the develop, develop the ideas that we need to? But actually in many ways it's brought us closer together because um, there's less just stand at a whiteboard, have an idea, forget about the idea, come back to the whiteboard tomorrow and have the same idea type, type mentality. It's a case of, had an idea, good conversation. Um, let's write it down, chuck in compliments. We'll pick it up later and develop from there. And actually, we've seen a really good progression of, uh, of engineering excellence. So that's been really, really positive. And on the commercial side, um, we're all very aware that the, uh, the new normal is very likely to be different to the old normal. Um, and, and what this means is that our uh, clients and, and, and broadcasters and sports, sports owners don't know what their audiences are going to be doing and what the pattern of viewing and consumption is going to be like. Right now, traditionally, we'd be in the middle of an Olympic cycle and we would be talking about Tokyo and we'd be having the build-up to the games and we'd have all the content for that and we'd be right you know, at the end of the premiership and it would be that you know we, we know the pattern of life from a broadcaster's point of view of how we get that story out after the coronavirus or as this as this continues on how how and when people can consume content will be very different my pattern of life your pattern of life will be different and that is going to have a substantial impact on how we consume content we're already seeing with, with a number of our brands that the peak times don't don't relate at all so where in, in radio for example between seven and nine, that was absolutely the peak time to listen uh, to radio. That's not true. Um, our data uh, shows, and, and it's very, very clear, that that shifted entirely to the right. And actually now we're talking after lunch is the most, uh, the largest listening time. Wow. Um, so it's, it's really gonna force people to, to kind of, uh, I guess, I guess sort of change their thinking and not rely on lazy old templates of this is how the, the working day works. Absolutely. And it's only by understanding those models and seeing what you're doing as an individual, can you target that person uh, uh, explicitly? 
and, and really make sure they get the right content. So commercially, we're seeing a lot of, um, uh, a lot of interest uh, in, in, in our product and what our data is showing because it's telling something that people didn't know and it's supporting people's hypotheses and it's starting to understand um, helping to build a story which lets you understand when you can present your content in the most most appropriate way. So do, you, do you think then um, it would be fair to say that, that obviously no one wishes a global pandemic on anybody, but uh, but it, it has essentially to a degree accelerated a the need for the services that you're providing and and b as you say the commercial side of your business. Yeah, I mean I, you've got to be obviously careful because it's you know had a very negative impact for for, for very many many reasons on, on personal levels of people as well, but. Absolutely, it's focused our business um, in a big way, and it's helped us refine our message on what we're, um, what the value is to to broadcasters and to media providers. Um, and the use case around understanding when and how to better target their individuals, um, and, and this pandemic has changed, has created such a change in, in people's patterns of life that the windows of time to consume content are so dynamic and so diverse across. The population that without technology like ours you really are literally just guessing and saying i think five o'clock is a good idea well listen great um great to talk to you nick and 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 everything sounds like it's pointing in a positive direction which is is great to hear uh, when you sort of set that against the backdrop of, a, of an economy that's in a difficult situation so it's always nice to hear positive stories uh, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again soon in a few months and and good luck for the rest of 2020 and beyond Cheers. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.